1: The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever.
0: Do, do, do. Do, do. Do, do. This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, alongside Frankie Stample and making his return to VFFs less than a week after he began. It's our buddy Keith Arizari. What's up, Keith? What's up, fellas? How you guys doing? How you living? We're doing really, really well, and we thought we wanted to have you back on today's show because we talked a lot last time you were here about taking the name off the back of the jersey. You know, Frank's been harping on that. You've been harping on that. And we thought... On today's show, as we look toward week 15, it was more important than ever to do that. Letting the people know who they're going to bench in their semifinals, who they absolutely cannot start. I know, Frankie, you've gotten a ton of questions. Keith, you've gotten a ton of questions. And we wanted to answer those questions on today's program. Frankie, what's up, man?
2: Greggy, what's going on, dude? Uh, big night for the St. Francis Brooklyn Terriers. I was there at the game, supporting supporting the alma mater. Uh, so there you go, a little little D1 college basketball action, barely Division One, uh, but outside of that, I'm doing swell. I'm I'm excited for the show today. We got some news too, some random uh, quarterback stuff involving Carson Wentz, Lamar Jackson. We'll get into that as well. Uh, some of the some of those players that you mentioned uh, getting a lot of questions about right now. Aaron Rodgers, all the Packers. Do you start them against the Bears? So that'll be fun. How are you doing, Greg? You seem you seem a little, uh, you know, you good? I feel you seem a little grouchy coming into the show. I don't well, know. What do you mean? You were, you were telling me a story. I was kind of listening. I was kind of listening. To well, like, that was what's the thing. You, here, you weren't actually listening. Me, and you're like, I right, forget it. the show's starting. I'm like, all right. Well, Greg, well I, you,
0: I was telling you, a, I was telling you a
2: story. I was, was the, listening. You, you know, I was, clearly are not paying attention. I, I, I listened to the entire story, Greg. Not really. I could tell you. You want me to tell it back to you, word for word, for word, Maybe right later. now on the air? Maybe
0: later.
3: What's up, man? You guys really are like a married couple. I'm sorry. You guys like genuinely are. Um, I feel like I'm watching a conversation between a married couple. Yeah, you, that's exactly what it is.
2: That's exactly what we're going for too. By the way, you no, can, you
0: guys, you guys nail it. By the way, you can watch Keith uh, on Top's that other pregame show, CBS Sports Network, uh, on Sunday before the games begin, and you can catch him right now for the next hour with us here on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Let's start with the injuries in the latest headlines, and that is that Carson Wentz will miss this Sunday's game against the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday night football. It was last year in L.A. or against L.A. that he hurt that knee toward the ACL, and uh, he, we know, we're looking, was looking forward to getting a chance to play the Rams. Unfortunately, this backage issue that I guess people in Philly have noticed um, that has been nagging at him all year long, it's gotten severe enough that he's, been, he's most likely not going to play on Sunday. And taking it a step further, there is a chance if they lose on Sunday and their playoff hopes are all but gone, he will be out the rest of the season. Frank, how does this affect fantasy matchups this weekend?
2: Yeah, it definitely does because Carson Wentz, I mean, you know, the Nick Foles story was fun uh, while it lasted last year. More than fun. You won Very the Super successful. Bowl. It was, it was huge. But really, when we break it down, like, is Nick Foles going to make the Philadelphia Eagles a better team? And Carson Wentz, my uh, my guess is probably not. So, uh, as of right now, it looks unlikely that Carson Wentz is going to play for the Eagles. And as you mentioned, you know, once they get, once they lose this game, because you know they're traveling across the country to face the Rams in a game where they are, uh, they're getting nine and a half points. Uh, I just I could see that number going up a little bit with uh, Nick Foles as the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, it's going to be rough from here on out for for Eagles pass catchers. You still have to get Zach Ertz in your lineup because just the state of the tight end position is not a good one. But uh, Golden Tate, we thought we could trust him heading into last week. And then against the Dallas Cowboys, he laid an egg. And it was actually Alshon Jeffrey who had the bigger game, uh, got back in the end zone, scored a touchdown. So uh, I don't know that you're going to be able to trust anyone outside of Zach Ertz. I think Darren Sproles is an interesting name because they'll be ch- chasing points. He's going to get some targets here. Um, he's He scored a touchdown last week. Uh, so, it's really just Zach Ertz, and I don't want to trust anybody else in this offense, Greg.
0: Yeah, I don't want to trust anybody either. Zach Ertz is the only guy, although it's funny, we were just talking about a week ago, how maybe Dallas Goddard is really a guy you're going to have to trust. I don't hmm. think you could do that with Nick Foles as the starting quarterback. And talking about players on the bench, Keith, in this game, my man Josh Adams is probably going to yeah. be one of them. Like I know the Rams' defense is susceptible to a running back, but... As we saw, when Philly gets down, the running back's just not going to be Josh Adams. It's going to be a lot of Darren Sproles. With Carson Wentz out, reportedly, on Sunday, are you going to be interested in starting a Darren Sproles, potentially? Or are there any other Philly wide receivers that you do feel comfortable starting?
3: Uh, Let's go. No, Uh, I don't feel comfortable with anyone with Nick Foles. Nick Foles is a guy. And again, you guys talked about the story. It was a great story last year. Uh, I'm actually an Eagles fan. So it was fun for me to watch them win a Super Bowl. But you look at the Rams, who's kind of lackluster against the run. I think there's going to be fool's gold. I think people are going to start Josh Adams and you're going to see Adams put up decent numbers in like the first quarter, maybe even the second quarter. People are going to get all giddy and then the Eagles are going to be down by two scores and they're not going to go to him anymore. If I had to pick someone, it—I mean, obviously it's Zach Ertz. I mean, Frank, you're right. Zach Ertz is clear-cut. Tight end is a is a mess all year long. Put him in your lineup. I guess I go Sproles, but I'm looking so elsewhere. I don't want to touch anything with the Eagles. It's funny that you guys brought up Wentz right away. Literally right before we went on, my buddy CJ sends me a text with a curse word because he has Wentz as his starting quarterback in the playoffs this week. That's my mic off.
0: I thought I, I wasn't sure. Your mic was on. It was on. You, you set it it shut it off, off Greg. put it back on. <laughs> you tried to talk, and
2: then, and then it was off. So we're,
0: we're off to an awesome start. You're off to a great we're, start. We're off there. to an awesome start. <laughs> um,
2: that's brutal for your buddy. Yeah. Greg, I think there are a lot of uh, running back committees, and we've seen this all year long, where it's dependent on game flow, and we said this early on in the week. If you can predict game flow, you know, before the week starts, you should be a millionaire. You shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't be watching us, but... It's very hard to predict, and you know, last week if we told you Jordan Howard would have run for 100 yards against Los Angeles Rams, you would have thought you we were crazy, but that's what ultimately happened. You can't predict that kind of game script. Josh Adams is a guy where if the game is competitive, if it's close, or if the Eagles are playing with a lead, he's going to have that 20-carry game. We saw the back-to-back games with 20 carries. That had never happened uh, for a running back in the era under Doug Peterson. Like That had never happened. But so he clearly trusts Josh Adams when that game is close and it's competitive. Yeah, totally. But is that going to happen? Is that going to be the case with a Rams deep, uh, team that just got embarrassed in primetime on Sunday night football, now traveling back home where Jared Goff and the offense has been much, much better this season? I just, I see the Eagles chasing points a lot in this one, and it's going to set up where, you know, I don't know how I can realistically project for more than, you know, 12, 13, 14 carries yep. for Josh Adams realistically.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's also two lackluster weeks in a row for Josh Adams, by the way. It's like nothing special for him the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I I'm not I'm not in. I'm out. Yeah, I
0: think you have to be. And as much as we want we like Josh Adams and we we love the fact that he had those twenty carries in a couple of weeks in a row. The matchup's just not right for him. He's gonna be on my bench this week uh as well. I don't don't think you could start him and feel good about it. Let's get to Baltimore, where change was inevitable after the way the Ravens have played over the past several weeks and It was beneficial today. John Harbaugh keeping Lamar Jackson as starting quarterback. That's something the Giants, I wish, uh, would have taken advantage of. Give a a young kid a chance to play, ultimately. He won the job. Joe Flacco is going to be the active backup this weekend. Uh, John Harbaugh is taking it week by week. Listen, if if, from whatever reason, Lamar Jackson all of a sudden falls on his face, uh, Joe Flacco is going to be the starting quarterback. Um, But as of now, Lamar Jackson, the starting quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. Obviously, Frankie doesn't really change things because he has been that but we may have seen the end of Joe Flacco's time in Baltimore.
2: Yeah, and I think we kind of saw the writing on the wall here, too. They obviously drafted Lamar Jackson in the first round. Mind you, remember, they drafted Hayden Hurst before they drafted Lamar Jackson. They had two first-round picks there at the end of the first round, and they drafted Hayden Hurst before they drafted Lamar Jackson. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, they clearly like Lamar Jackson, and, and, you know, I think we all thought it was going to come maybe a couple of years down the road. I don't know that we saw this kind of timeline shaping out this quickly. For Lamar Jackson, but in the three starts that he's he's made so far in four points per passing touchdown leagues, he's finished QB 15, QB 11, and QB 12. He doesn't have massive upside, but he's not killing you either. He has a safe floor because of that rushing potential that we've seen the past three weeks, at least... The past four games, actually, at least 71 rushing yards in each one of those games. So we talk about Josh Allen. We talk about Lamar Jackson, what they can add with their legs. He doesn't throw all that much. He hasn't thrown for more than 178 yards in any of those games. And mind you, Greg, a lot of people see the Tampa Bay Bucks defense, and they're like, oh, start everybody against the Tampa Bay Bucks." (laughs) Not necessarily. Their defense has actually turned a corner. They've been really good the past month or so against quarterbacks. They're actually giving up the fifth-fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks over the last month. So I don't think it's just like a slam-dunk play every single player against the Bucks anymore. But I will say this. We're going to talk about players who you want to bench in Week 15. I have Lamar Jackson ranked ahead of Aaron Rodgers this week.
0: Okay, there
3: you go. So that's interesting, and I agree with the ranking there. My biggest fear when I'm talking about playing in a playoff of putting a guy like Lamar Jackson out there on, on my lineup is the injury factor. Now, to be fair, he missed, what, 20 minutes of of game time last week. It still put up really good numbers. But the fear factor of him getting injured, that style of play, it definitely scares me and makes me apprehensive to put him in my lineups.
2: And I don't think we're completely in the clear yet because, okay, he was named the starting quarterback. What happens if he comes out and he just starts playing horribly in the first half? Like, is there a chance we see Joe Flacco? You know, if he's healthy and he's he's the the backup, like – You treat it as any other quarterback situation, right? If you have a rookie who's struggling and you're in a must-win situation for the Baltimore Ravens, then I don't think that we're completely in the clear when it comes to Lamar Jackson. Like, if he's playing bad, there's still a chance that he can Greg, 100%. So I'll throw that out there, but it's just, I don't know how you can start any quarterback. And again, you know, strip the name off the back of the jersey. How can you start any quarterback, given what we just saw happen with Jared Goff and the Rams offense? Mind you, the Rams offense, which is like a top three offense all season long. How can you willingly start Aaron Rodgers this week?
0: I don't think you can. Aaron Rodgers is far removed from where he was on draft day as the first quarterback off the board. And we'll be clear, right? Last year, he got injured down the stretch, and you didn't necessarily want to start him against the Minnesota Vikings. The year before that, that, down the stretch, we said, hey, is Aaron Rodgers now not necessarily matchup dependent, but not necessarily the must start either. We've reached the same territory. I know he was good against Atlanta last week. That means nothing to me. Good, good.
2: He threw for 196 yards, Greg. He hasn't thrown for more than 233 yards in the past three games. Can you, can you guess the last time that he threw for three touchdowns in a game, Greg?
0: I just hope you're going to tell me.
2: No, give, give me a week. Throw it, throw it a week. Uh, he probably, I'm going to guess week three. I'm guessing week three. Week three? I'll probably say week one against the Bears. He did it. Week, he did do it in week one. Yeah. That wasn't the last time he did it. It was week five against the Lions. Ah. So Keith is technically closer, but... Still, he hasn't done it since we, you know, this isn't the Aaron Rodgers of old. While he's not throwing for interceptions, he's also not putting up the massive touchdown totals either. Who would you start this
0: week? Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr?
2: I've actually got this question. I can't, <laughs> I can't go that far. Okay. I, can't go. And I think it's a good question, though, because I have them closely ranked right now. I have Aaron Rodgers as like my QB 17, and I have Derek Carr not far behind him, and it's a solid matchup against the Bengals. I just feel like it's... Like, Derek Carr and the Raiders' offense could just implode at any point. He doesn't have, you know, many weapons to throw the ball to. He is playing better as of late, and it's a good matchup on paper against the Cincinnati Bengals. Maybe that's something we need to revisit later in the week. I I don't know if I have the cojones. To start Derek Carr over Aaron Rodgers. But I think it's a good question. And Keith, what,
0: what what Frank what Frank just mentioned, the cojones to do it. Yeah. How big do the cojones have to be to actually leave Aaron Rodgers on the bench like, for for Lamar Jackson, for Josh Allen, for Derek Carr? I have all I have those Other two Derek ranked Carr.
2: ahead of Aaron Rodgers. I just I don't think I can do Would that. Would
3: you Derek. have but, Keith the cojones to actually do that though? All right, for Lamar Jackson, 100%. I, I don't care about the ranking. I can't start Lamar Jackson over Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. And, and and this is the moment where I can't forget about the name Aaron Rodgers. The Josh Allen thing is really interesting to me. And I got that question this week. And my my response was, Josh Allen is the better play if we sit here and say, I don't care about names. I don't care about anything like that. But my my only question is, are you okay with sitting this future Hall of Famer who could blow up, could have a good game, and have him on your bench? I.e., Tom Brady last week against the Miami Dolphins, which wasn't a great matchup, but still puts up 36 points in most leagues. Are you okay with that? If you are, Josh Allen's the smarter play. I can't do. I can't do Lamar Jackson though.
2: And to Keith's point, the, the last time Aaron Rodgers faced the Bears, he threw for 286 and three. So he was very good. And, you know, in four-point passing touchdowns, in my league, he was right around 25 fantasy points, and he left that game, too. He left that remember.
0: game, but remember, Khalil Mack was traded to the Bears like two days before that, right? So, it sure. wasn't yeah. so f- he, was he was still getting acclimated. He was still getting acclimated. He was still getting in shape. It's a totally different defense. Now, the Bears have lost... He still lost had a huge defense.
2: effect on that game, too. Not <laughs> he got tired. But he got tiredly. Yeah. It's not going to happen now. So what, you're, you're asking us, Greg, what do you do? What do I do? Um...
0: You know, I was talking to I was talking to somebody on I, Twitter about I this yesterday. I understand
2: the counterpoints that Keith is oh, making because I had Tom Brady ranked low last week, and he finishes the QB one. So we know what their these their upside can be. It's just
4: I don't know, man. The matches
2: of the midway going into Chicago right now is just a very very scary place to be.
0: <laughs> it's a rivalry matchup with a team that amazingly is the best team in the NFC North, the Chicago Bears, the Green Bay Packers. The rivalry game against
2: that defense, I think I'd rather start Josh Allen, man.
3: And Lamar Jackson? But would you start Lamar? That's what I want to know.
2: So here's my thing. If you're going to start Josh Allen, why
3: not start Lamar Jackson? Right. Like, right. It's kind of I, similar. It's kind of similar. Yeah. Josh Allen's you like, you know better, why? Right? Can I jump in on this one? No, I'll yeah, play you of why. course. Yeah, yeah. Be, be, because there's a real backup right now in Baltimore. If Lamar Jackson goes out with injury, let's say, even if you just shake it up and Flacco comes in, we know that Flacco's got a track record of winning a Super Bowl and being a starting quarterback. I, I don't even know who the backup is in Buffalo right now.
4: Well,
0: it's, <laughs> uh, Derek, Derek Anderson's hurt, so it's probably no, Matt, it's not Matt Barkley. Matt Barkley, Matt yeah. Barkley, yeah. yeah. I'm not afraid of Jets. That. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: I'm not afraid of that. I'm sure you're not. I'm sure you're not.
0: <laughs> Obviously. Um, with Josh Allen, the rushing yards— Much like Lamar Jackson, they are for real. What is interesting, guys, though, is Josh Allen's rushing ability hasn't been able to turn the running attack in Buffalo making anything, right? Lashawn McCoy hasn't really done anything. You spoke yesterday how you don't really want to start Chris Ivory. You don't want to necessarily start Marcus Murphy um, if Lashawn McCoy is out, which I do expect him to be. But in Baltimore, you're all over the rushing attack. So it's kind of interesting how two running quarterbacks, one has changed things for the better, one hasn't really changed things at all, Frank.
2: I actually saw a really interesting stat yesterday. If I could find it from Pro Football Focus, I'll bring it up to you guys. But it's basically the majority of Lamar Jackson's rushing attempts have been designed runs. And it's basically vice versa when it comes to Josh Allen. Like, all of his rushing production has come on broken plays where he's just scrambling out. And because, like, if if his first read is not open, this is like, it happens for a lot of rookie quarterbacks. They look to take off and run. That's uh, more especially so when it comes to Josh Allen. So it's basically, the majority of his runs are broken plays. I don't know if that is something that translates into, like, the rushing attack for the running backs, at least when it comes to, like, Lamar Jackson. Like, these are designed runs where it's, like, read option stuff, where he's keeping the ball and running it himself. That kind of, you know, that kind of play call makes it tough to stop running backs. The other way for the Bills, I don't think it translates.
0: Back right after this.
4: somebody you know maybe next learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs alcohol and bad influences with the fmla people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it call now and learn how we can help you 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 that's 866-484-9621 fantasy sports today if Joe Flacco is
3: even under center in some kind of weird hybrid thing doesn't that kind of change your view on someone like Gus Edwards
4: this is not Joe Flacco from five six years ago
3: I understand I'm just saying they're gonna throw the ball more with him under center we don't know that Joe Flacco was what do you mean in, ineffective and mediocre Flacco's not gonna get in there enough to make a difference the one thing that hurts Gus Edwards is Kenneth Dixon
1: not Joe Flacco weekdays 8 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY radio and on your popular podcast providers
0: Back with you on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Frank Staffel, Keith Arzari, and Greg Sussman here hanging out with you on a Wednesday. Reminding you of the DailyRoto.com NBA Lineup Optimizer is now available. That means you can use the same tools and projections that DailyRoto.com NFL Premium subscribers are using to win each week for NBA DFS contests. DailyRoto.com has produced seven separate FanDuel and DraftKings million dollar tournament winners and millions more in cumulative prizes. If you're playing Daily Fantasy Sports and you aren't using DailyRoto tools, projections, and optimizers, you're doing it wrong and you're at a competitive disadvantage. Head on over to DailyRoto.com click on Go Premium and enter the promo code FNTSY for a special discount and start winning today. That's Daily Roto.com. go premium into the promo code FNTSY for a special discount and start winning today all right we're back with you here on the fantasy best friends forever and we want to continue to give some of the names that quite frankly need to be on your bench this weekend in order to be successful and we have talked and touched upon quite a few quarterbacks now right From Carson Wentz to Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Derek Carr. And before we move on to a different position, I wanted to throw out another quarterback, and that's been Jameis Winston. He's been a guy that we have recommended repeatedly here on the show because matchups have been good. Tampa's offense isn't really the problem. And we kind of keep saying that whenever Jameis Winston is finishing games, starting and finishing games, he's someone that you can count on. This week, it's a bit different. How come, Keith?
3: Well, you're going up against Baltimore, the stingiest pass defense in the NFL, so obviously that is a difference maker. Here's the thing. It appears that Jameis Winston has become fantasy-proof, and and here's my point on that. Even in— two-interception, three-interception style of games for him. If he doesn't get pulled, he tends to still get you 15 to 20 points. So uh, I don't envision them going back to Fitzpatrick anytime soon. I think they're trying to figure out if Jameis is the guy for next year. They know they're not making the real playoffs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Jameis just finds a way to get you 18, 19, 20 points. He, I call him fantasy-proof. Does that
2: mean does that mean he's matchup proof though against the Baltimore Ravens? Yeah, because I think that you know we're we're getting a lot of questions with guys. You know, should I start this guy or Aaron Rodgers? A lot of those same guys who are coming up are should I start that player against Jameis Winston? I think it's interesting. You know, you, you look at the Ravens. Is Jameis Winston matchup proof because they've allowed the sixth fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks in six of their last eight games? They've allowed 232 passing yards or less. Uh, I, you know, I wonder if this is just a game where it's a lower scoring game where. You know, maybe Lamar Jackson does his thing. Maybe he throws for one touchdown gets his rushing production, but they just run the football a lot, and the defense really just hammers down on Jameis Winston. I, I will say, you know, the past three weeks in my home league, which is four-point passing touchdown, he, he's given you at least 19 fantasy points in three straight games. But mind you, those matchups were against the 49ers, the Panthers, yeah. and the Saints, which were pretty good matchups. I think we're in different territory when we talk about a guy – uh, going up against the Baltimore Ravens. You brought up Derek Carr earlier in the show, Greg. I will go as far as to say I'll use Derek Carr over James Winston. So I tend to
0: agree with you, Frank, simply because I don't want to mess with the Ravens. It took, mirac- it took miraculousness from potential MVP Patrick Mahomes to put out the difference. If he doesn't
2: he make that throw, what does he finish with in that game? Exactly. Like 260-1? and one? Exactly.
0: And that's Patrick Mahomes we're talking about. It's the Chiefs offense. Tampa Bay, as good as they are, James Winston, as good as he has been in fantasy, it's not the same. It's just not. I don't want anything to do with Jameis Winston this week.
2: Keith, you're going Derek Carr
3: or Jameis Winston this week? you rolling the dice? No, I'm leaning Derek Carr on that one based on based <laughs> off of the matchup. So so obviously yes. I I, I get both of your points with that. Um Jameis is not a guy I want to start, but he has my, my point is that he's become fantasy proof in the sense that you're gonna get eighteen points out of him. I think you can get more out of Derek Carr, though. I would agree with you on that one. Yeah.
2: And I think in two quarterback super flex leagues, you're probably starting Jameis Wins. I'll throw one more name out there at you guys who, you know, last time he w- went out into Seattle, he performed quite well. Sure. I actually heard this stat listening to uh to a podcast on the way in today over the last two weeks, has more passing yards. I think he's broken the record for the most passing yards in a two-game stretch or something. It's like more than Joe Montana. Nick Mullins. Yeah, it is. Nick Mullins going up against the Seattle Seahawks this week, where last time he threw for, what, 400 yards and two touchdowns? Uh He did throw an interception in that game, but outside of Kirk Cousins, who crumbles in primetime, the Seahawks have given up a lot of passing yards. So I guess I'll throw that one around the room as well. I have Nick Mullins ranked one spot higher than Jameis Winston, but it is something that I've wrestled with. Uh, Keith, what do you think? Mullins versus James Winston this week.
3: Mullins a hair above. Mullins 746 yards is the number you were looking for. Um, The legend of Nick Mullins, it it keeps growing because – like, I don't believe in San Francisco, but then last week when I was on the show with you guys, we we're talking about Dante Pettis, and he ends up, you know, getting a touchdown last week, and George Kittle goes for 200 yards. I don't know if anybody saw that coming. Uh, those two starts for Mullins, it is a tough matchup. Seattle, typically good against quarterbacks, ninth or 10th most points, depending on your your league format against QBs. Um you know what? I'm, I'm going to say that I would take Jameis. A, a, you know what? I'm going to go back. I'm going to say Jameis a hair above Nick Mullins. I'll trust Jameis a little bit more.
2: Greg, the Seahawks ha, uh, have allowed s- multiple passing touchdowns in six of their last seven games. Uh, Mullins or James Winston? I'm going. Because people might have this question in a super flex. Definitely. I'm, yeah. going, I'm going Nick Mullins. He's faced Seattle before. He's it's close. I he's think watched it before. A, a tad higher. He, he, he's done it before. He's been successful. He's going to throw a couple of interceptions. I, I, I believe that.
0: I think the yards, I think he'll get in the end zone, The volume's too. been there,
2: too. Yeah. I think it's at, at least 32 passing attempts in four straight games for Nick Collins. Yeah. So, you know, Adam Gase, they talk about him as the QB whisperer. No, no, no. Kyle, Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan. For oh. One last quarterback I want to ask you about, Keith, and that's where
0: our buddy, rival, I don't know how to describe him. What are you talking about? The closer. The closer.
2: Yeah. Chris Ventura. Buddy, yeah. I guess it's like love-hate relationship brival? kind of
0: thing. Rival? Rival.
2: Yeah. Sure, let's go with that. So our rival brival.
0: Our brival Chris Ventura said he has started Cam Newton every single week this year except for his bye week. And last week, he barely survived in the playoffs.
2: Now, this is really stripping the name
0: off. Because of what Cam Newton did. Cam Newton plays on Monday Night Football this week at home against New Orleans. And Chris said he is benching Cam Newton for Josh Allen this week. Keith, can you go that far?
3: Yes, it's the correct move, and this is this hits me right in the heart as well. I luckily got by in my friend league. I started Cam Newton, and and I, I shouldn't have. I had Tom Brady. He hadn't been playing well against Miami. He hadn't been playing well as of late. I was kicking myself. It came down to the wire. I still won. And, and it's funny because you we were talking about this last week, and I didn't listen to myself. Cam with the shoulder injury. I'm not into it. I'm out. I'm out on Cam. I don't believe in them. The only one on that team I want in all my lineups is McCaffrey. I'm out.
0: So that's that's really interesting. That statement, the only one you want is McCaffrey. I, I want to come back to like, that. for in, fact. For fact. I want to come back to that one in one second because that was a bold statement okay. in, in general. But, big. Frank, Cam Newton versus Josh Allen.
2: Yeah, I think it's close as well. As of right now, I was working on the quarterback rankings last night. I have QB uh, QB 10 is Cam Newton, and I have, uh, have Josh Allen down at 14. So it's close for me, and I don't know, maybe I'm just getting burned here, but I just think, you know, I'm going down narrative street for this one, Greg. It's like season on the line, going up against the Saints, six-point home dogs, a 52-point total. We're expecting points here. It's prime time. It's Monday night. I realize the shoulder has undoubtedly been an issue. Like, it definitely was. But if you think about it, the Panthers got down inside the red zone uh, multiple times last week. So if Cam Newton throws for a touchdown or two, rather than Christian McCaffrey just doing his thing, which has just been dominating once they get down near the goal line, if he throws for one touchdown or two, a lot of people make the playoffs. And then they don't have that salty taste in their mouth when it comes to Cam Newton. I just don't know that I could do it in prime time, Monday night, home dogs, with the point total the way it is. I realize it's a shoulder injury, but I'm going with Cam Newton over Josh Allen.
0: I'm also going to Cam Newton over Josh Allen because I think he could also just push his way into the end zone, get you the rushing touchdowns. Uh, we haven't seen as much this year, yeah. uh, but he obviously has the ability to do it. The next statement that Keith said is the only one he is good. trusting for a fact is Christian McCaffrey. Frank, we have said repeatedly on any show that we do together, you love Curtis Samuel. We have said on any show you do, we do together, you love DJ Moore. The New Orleans Saints matchup is good.
2: What are you doing? Well, they've been better. The Saints defense has undoubtedly been better, especially against wide receivers. They haven't allowed a wide receiver to score in the past two weeks. They've held wide receivers scoreless in three of their last four games. So they've been strong against wide receivers. And, and I appreciate that Keith is putting his money where his mouth is because he's saying he doesn't like Cam Newton. And if you don't like Cam Newton, that means you don't like the pass catcher. So it certainly makes sense that uh, he's going to follow that logic. So if I do... Still somewhat like Cam Newton in this matchup, I am still going to go with the pass catchers here. Just the way that they've been used, Curtis Samuel. Um, you know the consistency, the consistency that he's provided. We talked about him yesterday on the waiver wire show, Greg. Where, you know, it's five of the past six weeks he's had at least 80 yards or a touchdown in every single game. So he's providing a pretty safe floor. He's out there, played 93% of the snaps last week. They're phasing Devin Funches out of this offense. He's an impending free agent. So it's really Curtis Samuel. It's DJ Moore. The target share has been there for DJ Moore as well. Uh, so I'm still trusting those guys as wide receiver threes. They're not the wide, you know, DJ Moore isn't the wide receiver two that we thought he was for fantasy purposes. I'm still looking at these guys as wide receiver threes. And then when it comes to Ian Thomas. Tight end is an interesting position, right? Because we always look at fantasy points against, right? Tight end, I don't think that that necessarily holds up because so much of fantasy points against for tight ends is who you face. So if you don't face Travis Kelser, if you don't face Zach Ertz or George Kittle, yeah, it's going to look like you're really good against tight ends all season long. I think you have to look at usage, role, you know, uh, whether they've been productive. In the past two weeks, the usage, the role has been there for Ian Thomas, so it's not a great matchup against the New Orleans Saints, but they just allowed two touchdowns to Cameron Brait. You know, everyone's trying to find a waiver wire tight end this time of year. People who drafted Trey Burton, Kyle Rudolph, you know, people who were uh, depending on, I had Austin Hooper in one league. He's hurt right now. I picked up Ian Thomas. I know the matchup on paper doesn't look good, but based on, you know, him getting 11 targets last week, I'm in on Ian Thomas. So I guess I'm pretty much just the complete opposite of Keith here.
3: Yeah, and 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 here's the thing. I mean, this is the point where you get to the playoffs, where you are scratching and clawing, and you picked up Ian Thomas. The tight end stuff, I, I can't argue with you uh, with you about that because, listen, we're all seemingly struggling at tight end. But I'll go back to DJ Moore. As much as the volume is there, and I know I've been a volume guy, dude doesn't score touchdowns. And if and again, I'm going to double down. If I don't believe in Cam Newton, I can't believe in DJ Moore being much more than than anything that's like a potential flex play a third wide receiver in a starting lineup i don't want too much i'm not trusting him christian mccaffrey he's been the guy he's getting the volume whether it's running whether it is little dump out passes he's doing a little bit of everything Uh, he's been the guy that's carrying a lot of fantasy teams 844-843-6879.
0: We're going to take your calls. Coming up in a little bit for the stars that you have questions about. Not just your lineup questions, because I know Frank's still working on his rankings for this week, but I want to know the stars that you want to know if you should bench. That's the question. Who do I bench this week? Another one that I have to point out is Marlon Mack, because the Dallas Cowboys have been just deadly against opposing running backs in recent weeks, and that's another reason why you just can't look at the stats all year long, Frank, because... Over the last month, matters a lot more and carries a lot more weight than all season long. Teams change. Defenses change. They get better and schemes get better as well. And that's the case with the Dallas Cowboys, whose defense has gotten better markedly over the past month or so. Josh Adams was a disaster against this team last week. Marlon Mack, is he on your bench this week?
2: Yeah, I think he's more of a low-end flex than anything. And that's just me respecting the Colts' offense because I still do think that he can get some red zone opportunities. And when they get down near the goal line, that is Marlon Mack's job. But you're absolutely right about the Dallas Cowboys. And it hasn't just been like a four-week stretch, or that's what I like to look at. You'll hear me talk about over the last month. I do look at, you know, what has this team, what has this defense done over the past month? I do that a lot. I think it's very relevant looking at what a team has done recently. But the Cowboys. What have you done recently? What have they done all season long? And that's limit running back production. They've allowed sixty-seven rushing yards per game to opposing running backs. That's fourth fewest in the NFL. Three point six three yards per carry to opposing <laughs> running backs. So, you no, know, I don't know if I heard this correctly. You know, maybe uh, maybe Corey can clarify uh, when he comes up here for the frenzy. I heard them call the Cowboys the. Hot boys, like that's the name of their defense. Everyone's trying to name their defense nowadays. Greg, like the Jets are New Jack City, and we had uh, the No Fly Zone for the Broncos. Wait, wait, wait I heard, the, on, I heard the Cowboys go. reference as the Hot Boys on so, Sunday night. So you think
0: Saxonville Keith would, would be the nickname for the Jaguars? But that's actually <laughs> false. You know, uh, Frank. So, so Frank last year when Jacksonville before Saxonville. Uh, was really a thing because we were pointing out... It was out, more for the secondary. It was more the for the secondary, exactly. so I, need,
2: I needed to name the secondary.
0: See, the secondary was the strength of that defense, not necessarily the defensive line. It was all about Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye and what they were doing in, in the secondary. So, Frank, why don't you tell Keith uh, your name?
2: Oh, I'll gladly tell him. It, it was cat scratch fever. You don't want to go up against the Jaguars in that secondary ah! with A.J. Boye and Jalen Ramsey because you will catch <laughs> the fever, Keith, and that's exactly what happened.
3: I like that. I like that a lot.
2: There you go. That's good. Someone's buying that's good.
3: in. Yeah, I haven't referenced
2: Cat Scratch Fever a lot this year, mostly because the Jaguars so haven't been Cat Scratch Fever, but yeah. they were oh. last year, Greg. They yeah. definitely were. They're not a year late. The Hot Boys, which is the the uh, well, the Cowboys defensive line, has no, played great
3: this the, year, Greg. The plot with the Hot Boys thing is, wasn't that the name of um, when Little Wayne was a part of uh, his group when he was coming up? Little Wayne was a so Hot Boys. That, I okay. think that's why they did it. That's terrible! That's terrible. <laughs> that's, that's horrible. L- Lil Wayne is is better as a solo act. I don't need, to with, like, Manny Fresh and stuff like that. No, thank you.
2: Yeah, so I have no idea what Keith's talking about. Like, not even...
3: Like, yeah, that's remote, way over your head, Remotely right?
2: The Hot Boys and Lil oh. Wayne is, is not one of your, uh... Oh,
3: no. Lil Wayne was horrible in that group. They just had him doing, like, little weird things, and because he had a cool-sounding voice, he had to go solo... And drop, you know, the Carter and Carter 97. Remember and remember all- that. too,
2: because he was like 15 and 16 rapping. And he was part of a group. That's what it was? Is that yeah. what the Hot Boys? Exactly. Yeah. Here we go. The yeah, Hot Boys on Wikipedia, Greg. Let, let's. Uh, I'll pull this up. Look it one. up. There you go. The Hot Boys is an American hip-hop group formed in New Orleans, Louisiana, which yep. is where Lu, uh, Lil Wayne is from. The group is made up of Lil Wayne, Juvenile, back that ass up, BG, and Turk, all of whom... From New Orleans, Louisiana. I was wrong.
3: Manny See Fresh go, wasn't a part of that.
2: See, knew it. <laughs> I knew Manny Fresh was there. Anyway, I'm pretty sure they referred to the Cowboys' defense as the Hot Boys. Sure, all right. Hot boys I don't know why this like. thing, but yeah. You, you, you start Marlon Mack, you're gonna get burnt this week,
3: Greg.
0: <laughs> By the Hot Boys.
3: Keith, <laughs> are you starting Marlon Mack this week? No, he's got like a total of sixty yards over the last two weeks. I'm not starting unless I'm I'm absolutely in a pinch. I I, I don't want anything to do with him. Uh, the Cowboys defense third best against the rush in general in like actual NFL stats, and then they have the six least points to running backs as well. So no, thank you. Okay, there
0: you I'm
2: go. I'm gonna I'm gonna send this link to uh to Bavona or whoever is down there right now, man in the board. Uh, it's Jalen. Oh, it's thirteen minutes long. It's Jalen Smith talking about their name, but it's with Rich Eisen. So okay. forget it, I thought it was like a shorter clip, but
3: it's legit. Well, I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna say we're gonna come back out of the next break with some Lil Wayne.
2: That's also
0: where
3: I thought you were going with. Let's do it. Hot boys, hot boys. <laughs> What's the most popular
2: Lil Wayne hot boys song?
3: Oh my God! There was the. Uh, there was definitely one. I'm there to, uh, was one, and he kept repeating the same thing on the hook. So basically, they, like every part. song he
2: has. Oh, stop, Greg! Don't do this. We're not gonna. We're not gonna start Lil Wayne hate on the show. We're not doing that. No, no. no. Did you even listen to the latest album, Greg? Nope. What's wrong good. with you? I don't know. It's I really interested. good. All right. It's really
3: Greg. You are missing it? You're missing out. All right. All
2: right. So here's what I'm seeing. Uh, we on fire? Does that okay? Does that ring any bells mm-hmm. to you? No. Uh, Try and I'll try and we be steady mobbin. That all right. That was not the hot boys, but that is a hilarious track. You know we be steady steady mobbin. Yep. I feel like I should just walk out. <laughs> I am
3: like No no, no no no, you're you're Like, it, well, you know, gonna... I heard, you know, the song with the violin with the Dave Matthews band. No, it, that's it. It. it was I'm a hot boy. Hot boy. That was the one. What you gonna
0: What you gonna do when they come for you, Hot Boys? Is that is that where you're going? That's
3: hot bad boy, boys, Greg. Oh, true. Oh.
2: All right. Oh well. Anyway,
0: eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. Who do you bench? We answer your questions when we come back. Stick around. More for your BFFs. Right after this.
3: Lumber Liquidators is celebrating the opening of our 400th store, so we're putting over 400 floors on sale. That means huge savings for you. Get pre-finished hardwood and bamboo up to 36% off, including new styles like Mediterranean Maple and sellers like Silverstone Bamboo. Take 25% off all Dream Home Laminate and 10 to 15% off our best waterproof floors. More from just 49 cents, plus special financing and professional installation. Hurry, get to your local Lumber Liquidators today. The morning after.
1: Is there a man that's been ripped off more in modern society than my man, Tommy John? Guy hurts his arm. Tommy John surgery. Now you got these people selling Tommy John underwear. I don't care about your overpriced uh, underwear. We're going commando for the holidays. There's my Christmas present. We're going to teabag your. I don't care about your diamonds. I don't care about your underwear. Get the hell off my lawn! Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers.
2: building is this is the hot boys this is not the hot boys this is Be steady mob and Greg there's a there's a famous lo- a line in this song where Lil Wayne is bragging about how many bathrooms he has in his house seems like quote I got 10 bathrooms I can all day insert exploit I mean it's
0: kind of gross that you do that all day
2: <laughs> hey I mean you, you look when you're a rapper you just gotta you you gotta brag about the things you have Greg so you got a lot of bathrooms why not throw it out there well, I, I don't know. Do you want to go to the bathroom 10 times a day? I, guess, like, I mean, you never like, know. I mean, you know, people have stomach issues. I don't right? want to be in the bathroom
0: 10 times a day. <laughs> Just the same. Heather Zari, Frank Stample here, fantasy best friends forever. I'm Greg Suspin. And if you wager on sports or never have and maybe want to, I don't know what to bet DSI.com, where they have wagering options for literally any sport that you can think of, including sidebars, totals, player props, where you can utilize your DFS skills without salary cap constraints. You can even wager on esports, politics, reality, TV. Get an edge with live betting at BetDSI, where you can wager virtually any time during a contest, capitalizing on in-game circumstances. There's so many ways that you can make money. Use the promo code FNTSY18 when you sign up, and you'll get a 100% bonus deposit match. Once you open up the account, go to dailyroader.com, click on Contact Us, and send us your DSI username, and we'll give you one month of Daily Roto access totally free. That's access to all sports, tools, optimizers. So head on over and open your account at BetDSI. That's promo code FNTSY18 to get your 100% bonus deposit match and one month free membership over at DailyRoto.com.
2: Greg, the chat has helped us figure out the song that I was thinking of. I don't know if it's the same song that Keith was thinking of. Bling Bling. Bling. Is that the song oh, that you are thinking Oh, yes. Being? Every time I come around, I say they bling bling. That's the song right. that I was thinking
3: Yes, of. that is it. Yep. Shout out to
2: the chat. We, uh, I don't know. What are we going to need in our job chat, Greg? We don't out have, there. Thank you so much. We don't have the goon squad, Greg. The watchers, the BFF watchers. You don't got anything. You're right, man. You're kind of grouchy today. Like, you're not really in it. I'm just inside. If like, you're talking about rap. You're like, you're like, oh, I don't want to do did we, this. Did we throw hey, him Matthew for a loop band, there? D&B. Oh, here we there it is. Here you go, Greedy. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know how many expletives are in this song, Bavona. You might, you might have to watch it. Oh, there you go. There you go, i You want to do a, ra- uh, a read over this? Should've should've done the redo. I day. wish this played wide I did every time I come no, no, around. I say they bling bling. Eight four
0: four eight four three six eight seven nine. Let's start out the program with Stefan in Barbados. What's up, Stefan?
1: Hey, how are you doing, Greg? Doing great, man. Yeah, I was calling you about you. you're You talking about the starting six. Yes. I have a two QB league. I have Mahomes. I dropped uh, James, James Winston, and I have. Kirk Cousins, but the way Kirk Cousins has been playing recently, I feel really unsure about starting it. just what you thought.
2: Yeah, I think it a good question. A very lot of people question. got burned by Kirk Cousins. For many people who had Kirk Cousins and were in the playoffs, you're no longer in the playoffs like I was a week ago. And I understand the question mark, he's been very up and down. Uh, doesn't show up in primetime games, doesn't show up in the big moments. But Greg, it's a game at home against the Minnesota Vikings. It doesn't get less exciting, less prime time. He's on the Minnesota Vikings. Against against the Miami Dolphins. (laughs) It doesn't get more, less exciting than facing the Miami Dolphins at home. I actually think that Kirk Cousins can show up in this matchup. Over the past month, the Dolphins have allowed the second most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. They haven't been able to stop much. We just saw Tom Brady able to get off the schneid last week. Throwing for three touchdowns, finishing as the QB1 against the Miami Dolphins. I think Kirk Cousins is in a good spot here, coming back home, uh, firing the OC. I-, I think they'll be fired up. All right. Yeah,
3: this is uh, this is the definition of a bounce-back game for somebody. Uh, roll with Kirk Cousins. Definitely
2: I, over Winston.
0: I agree. The narrative is brutal for Kirk Cousins. We saw what Joe Philbin and Aaron Rodgers did in the first game without Mike McCarthy as the head coach. Well, basically the same things happened right, in Minnesota, where... You have Flip is gone, John Filippo, And Kevin Stefanski is now the quarterback's coach. I think light turns on a little bit for Kirk Cousins. Perfect spot for a bounce back. I prefer Kirk Cousins to Jameis Winston this week. 844-843-6879. Our buddy Steven in Massachusetts is up next. What's up, Steve?
3: Hey, what's up, Greggy? How you doing? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm doing all right. I have a a question for you to start. Uh, I'm kind of worried about Cam Newton this week because of uh, his – his shoulder, I don't know if, if I should just wait till Monday to play him or if I should
2: pick up somebody like Josh Allen and roll him out there. What do you think? Yeah, so we, just, we were just talking about this in the last segment. Greg and I still seem to be – actually, I don't know if you gave your thoughts on it, Greg. I'm still on the side of Cam Newton. I am, too. Uh, Keith likes Josh Allen as well. I think it's very close. Um, you really just have to, you know, make a definitive uh, – blame on this, like, are you either riding with Cam Newton or not? Like, if you think that the shoulder issue is that bad, then you're going with another quarterback. Me personally, I really, I'm buying the narratives. I just think they have to show up in this game. It's really put put up or shut up for the Panthers against New Orleans Saints on Monday night.
3: I'm out on Cam. I'm rolling with Josh Allen.
0: Yeah. He- he said that the whole time. He's sticking with Josh Allen over Cam. He liked what Chris Venture is going to do. Frank and I are on the other side. We're sticking with Cam Newton here. 844 843 6879. I want to go inside our YouTube chat. Who They've asked a couple of questions here. Frank, this one's directed at you. It comes from K's 4. Josh Allen or Russell Wilson?
2: Yeah, we've been getting some Russell Wilson questions as well. And I realize, you know, the volume hasn't been there. The team is a run first team. They want to run the football. Like, that's the, the setup of the the Seahawks right now. But if you look at what he did last time out against the San Francisco 49ers, and mind you, this is a good matchup. Like, quarterbacks have performed well against the 49ers all season long. He did only throw the ball 17 times in that game, but he threw for 185 yards and four touchdowns. The volume hasn't been there, but it seems like he's thrown for, you know, I'm looking at his game log. He's thrown for multiple touchdowns in every single game but two this year. So while the yardage hasn't been there, the rushing yards haven't necessarily. Like, he's giving you a safe floor. He's throwing for multiple touchdowns in these games, which are, like, more shootout-type games. And I think that's something that we could get this week against San Francisco. So I'm going with Russell Wilson. I'm going to continue to trust him. He's like, he's, like, a statistical anomaly right now based on, like, there's no volume, but he's throwing for touchdowns. I'm sticking with him. He's got me this far. I'm using Russell
0: Wilson. I know you're on the side of Josh Allen versus Cam Newton. Keith, are you on the side of Josh Allen when it comes to Russell Wilson as well?
3: No, I'll take the 29 touchdowns, six interceptions for Russell Wilson. I will take the proven track record of Russell Wilson, the health of him. I I mean, I'd like to know if Doug Baldwin was going to play. I think that offense is better. I think he's better with Doug Baldwin, but I'll roll with Wilson.
0: 844-843-6879. Let's keep it going. I'm going to continue inside our YouTube chat. I'm trying to find some of these other bigger names that you may consider benching. Those injury updates, I know a lot of people are asking about that, especially with tomorrow night's game. Tyreek Hill, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, uh, Doctor A, and his crew of in, on inside injuries—they'll be on the show tomorrow to let us know the latest and what we can expect, and if they are active, uh, how effective they will be in their um, in their game tomorrow night. So that will all—we'll have all the information for that tomorrow, Frank. We've already sent that list over to Doctor A, um, so I expect we'll get some answers then. Keith. This question's for you. It comes from Mendo Bruce. You said you're not so sure on the Carolina guys like a DJ Moore. Are
3: you start, starting Dante Pettis over him? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, you know, Dante Pettis found the end zone last week. Dante Pettis has had, what, two consecutive solid weeks. Yeah, I'm leaning towards Pettis over him, and I'll go back to our conversation we had about Nick Mullins before. Nick, The legend of Nick Mullins is growing, right? He's throwing the ball a lot. He's throwing the ball. He threw 33 times last week. He's he's slinging it around. I believe so little in Cam right now. I'll believe that Nick Mullins will find Dante Pettis. So I will roll with Pettis by a hair uh, over DJ Moore.
2: I think it's a very close question, but I'm with Keith on this one. Dante Pettis has been my guy. I'm not quitting him now. So is DJ Moore. He has, but at least six targets, four games in a row for Dante Pettis. And I know, you know, you can look at DJ Moore. He's had at least eight targets, four games in a row. But the difference is, and Keith has references, Dante Pettis is the one scoring touchdowns and DJ Moore is not. So Dante Pettis has four touchdowns over his last three games. The last time he faced the Seahawks, up over 100 yards and two touchdowns in that game as well. And as I predicted, Marquise Goodwin returning to this team did not affect Dante Pettis because he played the most wide receiver snaps on the team a week ago, 85% of the snaps. Marquise Goodwin just doesn't fit what Nick Mullins does. He, you know, Nick Mullins isn't a guy who's going to throw it to the outside a lot, throw it deep down the field. He's going to target a slot receiver. He's going to throw it over the middle. That's why you see guys like Dante Pettis and George Kittle excelling in this offense.
0: If you like Nick Mullins, and we do, I think you have to like Dante Pettis uh, over
2: DJ Moore here this It's close, week. though. It's close for sure. I think both guys yeah. are wide receiver threes. Let me give you another one. I'd agree.
0: Let me give you another one. DJ Moore or Jarvis Landry? Yeah,
2: I'm going to roll with Jarvis Landry. Two okay. big games in a row. Finally. And Uh, you know, going up against the Denver Broncos where Landry typically, uh, they've they've moved them around, but he plays slot wide receiver as well for this team. And the Denver Broncos, we just saw them last week give up a touchdown to Dante Pettis. And they lost lost Chris Harris, who was their talented slot corner. They also lost another cornerback in that same game. So uh, I think you can kind of pick on the Broncos secondary right now. Jarvis Landry, after weeks of like, he was suffering because Nick Chubb was playing so awesome. He's had two bounce back games in a row. I like Jarvis Landry this week.
3: I agree. I roll uh, Jarvis on that one.
0: Landry's finally come back alive over the last couple of weeks. As you said, Frank, it was a really brutal middle of the year. It'll be interesting, guys, to see how we value Jarvis Landry next year. Because I have no idea.
3: Yeah, it's interesting. I think it, it it's it's very Baker-dependent. If you believe in Baker and you believe that he's going to start you know, finding Jarvis more and the volume's going to be there, then Jarvis will get some good value next year.
2: Well I it's guess it's all about it's, volume because who else do they have in that offense? But
0: it's also about coaching. Right. Who's gonna be the head coach and the offensive coordinator?
2: And I see, you know, people are making this defense of the coaching staff right now for the Browns, and how can you go against it, Greg? Why would you change what's working? I know it's crazy to say, but like God. if you could get like Lincoln Riley who's coached up Baker Mayfield or Bruce Arians who said like the only place he'll come back to coach is the uh, Cleveland Browns here, but they've done a good job. Like, Freddie Kitchens, there was an awesome story the other day about how he's the complete opposite of what Todd Haley was. Like, he's the most selfless person in the NFL, uh, and he's been pretty creative. I mean, using uh, Jarvis Landry in the way that they did on the goal line rushing touchdown that he had a week ago, super awesome play uh, where he kind of, like, lined up as a like a quasi fullback and then he got a jet sweep on that play. Freddie Kitchens has been awesome for this team. I don't know that it's so, like, all right, we're definitely changing the coaching staff I'm, uh, I'm the off season here.
0: Eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. We got one more YouTube chat question uh, before we sign off of YouTube here this week, and this is a, this is this is a really good one. I know the matchup is not good. I mean, we spoke about it a lot with Jameis Winston, but if Deshaun Jackson doesn't play, Frank, I want to throw this at you. Two weeks ago, Chris Godwin, fantastic. Last week, non-existent.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Can you go back to Chris Godwin this week?
2: Well, it's always going to depend who your other options are, but I'll, I'll throw a few names out there that we've talked about already. Yep. Uh, and, you know, DJ Moore, Dante Pettis, yep. even Curtis Samuel. I'll, I'll use all three of those wide receivers. So I think all three of these guys, all of these players that we're talking about, like the Panthers pass catchers, Dante Pettis, uh, even the Bucks' pass catchers. Mike Evans is, like, in a different kind of tier of his own. He's, he's a wide receiver too this week, but when it comes to Godwin and Humphreys, I think they're all kind of in that same wide receiver three territory. Uh, I will start... Both Panthers wide receivers. I'll start Dante Pettis over Chris Godwin. He did see ten targets last week. The problem with those, uh, and this is per Pat Thornton of Pro Football Focus, only one of those ten targets was a catchable target. Chris Godwin yeah. caught that one target that was catchable, so it wasn't necessarily his fault. He just couldn't hook up with Jameis Winston. And it's you know we've referenced it uh, a ton today. It's not a good matchup for Bucks pass catchers here in Week 15. Yes,
3: I saw I saw that same stat that you uh, you saw about uh, the passable uh, catchable passes. Uh, Ten targets on paper. Again, if you don't watch the games, it sounds amazing. But yeah, Uh, Godwin takes a step down. I don't know if I can go to Curtis Samuel over Godwin. But as much as I've been saying no to DJ Moore, I'll I'll go DJ Moore over Godwin.
0: All right, and with that, we are going to say goodbye to our YouTube audience for today. Of course, coming up next, it's the Fantasy Football Frenzy. Chris Venture, Jim Day, and the Fantasy Executive Corey Parson will have you covered there. If you're listening on the podcast, subscribe, like, rate us five stars, leave a comment. We'd really appreciate it. Also, before you go, make sure you head on over to the FSTA website. There are fan votes for certain certain categories. One of them are Best Small Video. FNTSY are actually nominated for three of the eight videos are us. FanDuel stuff that we do with FanDuel, the NBA stuff we do with the NBA, and then personal to us and our show, uh, Frankie. Frankie did a fantastic whiteboard series uh, all August long where he literally just had a whiteboard and was like, hey, if you're the number one pick, here's how your first eight rounds should go. And it was brilliant, and it was fantastically produced, and it was well-written, and it was well-spoken, and it's so much so that it's nominated for an FSTA award uh, this year. So please, if you can, I tweeted out the link. Frank, I, I will tweet out the link, or I believe he did already. Yeah, I tweeted out the link. Um, it's
2: on my Facebook, too, if you're there.
0: So we both tweeted out. Go to our Twitter. We'll retweet it later. Go vote for Frank and his video. Uh, you represent the BFS and the Goon Squad's all in on that, too. So please, go ahead and vote for our buddy, Frank Stanford.
2: Yes, Greg. I appreciate the kind words and, you know, shout out to Jim Day who also, you know, put it out there last night trying to get a bunch of people to retweet it. Uh, so we'll see what we could do. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we could take home a little trophy here, Greg, but yeah, I had a lot of fun making those videos and I know it was very, very well received. A lot of people really appreciated uh, the whiteboard series. I, I look forward to doing it again next year.
0: All right, there, there you go. And with that, we say goodbye. We'll go another three minutes or so uh, before we wrap up. Keith, are there any other big name players that you're staring at on one of your teams that you've gotten that question and you're be like, "Holy crap, we, sh- I should bench that guy." Is there anybody <laughs> that really comes to mind uh, before we wrap up today?
3: Uh, you know, I, I got Kenny Stills questions this week because yeah. a lot of people are starting to buy in on Stills because the volume is rising. Um, I don't actually have any shares of Kenny Stills, but I got questions about him and I'm starting to believe a little bit more into Stills. But I'll say this, Minnesota, while their defense is not what it used to be, is still a top 10 pass defense. So if you have a better option than Stills, you go with it. But Stills is starting to trend towards putting in your lineup for a postseason run.
2: Yeah, I think that's a good one to bring up, too. You know, a lot of people picking up Kenny Stills on the waiver wire. I will say, you know, in PPR leagues where you start three wide receivers and a flex, some some leagues you start three wide receivers and two flex. I think Kenny Stills might be in the mix for, like, that flex or that second flex this week. It's not a great matchup against Minnesota, but the target share has been there. The air yard share, I know people love air yards, has been there for Kenny Stills. So he's being targeted frequently. He's being targeted down the field as well. He scored a touchdown in back-to-back games. Greg, I think another name to throw out there, we got a few questions in the chat today as well, is Matt Ryan. Because Matt Ryan has been very up and down. He's going up against Arizona, who over the past two weeks, last week they limited Matt Stafford to 101 passing yards, no touchdowns. The week before that, they limited Aaron Rodgers to 233 passing yards and one touchdown. I have Matt Ryan kind of like in that same ranking area as Aaron Rodgers. So with that being said, you know guys like Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, even Trubisky, I would start all those guys over Matt Ryan. It's
0: amazing that how many questions at the quarterback position, guys, that we have gotten this week uh, in the semifinals. Players uh, not know, sure what to do ultimately. Uh, That's where everyone uh,
2: over- overthinks. It happens every single year, Greg. We get we get to the playoffs. Everyone's you know splitting hairs. I need to I need a reason why I should start this guy. A reason why I should bench this guy. People start to overthink things. And I I get it, because at this point, you need to be perfect. You can't afford to, like, leave that Derrick Henry on your bench for 50 points. You know, you can't have that happen. But, um, you know, people are going to continue
3: to ask these questions, and rightfully so. I love that you brought up Derrick Henry. So so there's that. Mm -hmm. Against the Giants, do you believe that Derrick Henry, I mean, obviously, he's not scoring 50 points for you again. But do you believe that now he needs to be a mainstay in the lineup?
0: Mainstay, is a, tough, start, mainstay right? is a tough word. It depends there. what
2: you can what you consider mainstay, Greg, because a lot of people look at, all right, if you're a top 24 running back, you're like a must-start running back, right? Like you're an RB2. Derrick Henry, he's going to be inside my top 24 this week because it's just a great matchup for the Giants. Since they lost Max Harrison, the workload has been there. Derrick Henry scoring touchdowns seems like every single week. I think he's in a good spot this week against the Giants.
3: Derrick Henry or Tariq Cohen, what do you got? In PPR? Uh, Tariq Cohen for me.
2: Yeah, I'm probably just using Tariq Cohen regardless. I want to
0: thank Keith Rosari for joining the show. Follow him on Twitter at Keith Rosari, and make sure you watch Tops on Sunday. Frenzy's up next. For Frank, I'm Greg. We'll see you tomorrow, we hope.